Hey everybody, you're listening to Raw with Marty Gallagher, J.P. Bryce, and Jim Steele on ICTV. Today we're discussing back training and why it's so important. So let's just jump right in. Guys, why is back training so important? Jim, I'm going to lateral the ball to you. Back training? Well, it depends what you're talking about. If you're talking about, uh, you know, your low back, your lats upper back. I mean, I think it's all important. I think for health and longevity and injury prevention, you know, deadlifts and things like that, uh, that kind of back training is, is good for that. For development, it's fantastic. You know, you got to do back. You, you can't look good from the front. We're talking about body, but you can't look good from the front and crappy from the back. You got to be complete. Ask, right. ask, ask Paul Dillette. Right. When he turned around, it was over. Oh, right? But when Dorian turned around, it was really over. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was one of the mon- the most monstrous guys. And uh, Marty, you and I have talked about, not to get off topic, but we've talked about uh, Paul. I actually, my job when I worked for, for Lou Zwick back in the day was to go around. I was 19 at the time. I'd have to pick up these bodybuilders from like LAX and take what, them to. What was what was the show that Lou was doing? American Muscle. What was that? Yeah, um, on, uh, ESPN. Yeah, American Muscle on uh, ESPN. So so JP was like, uh, oh, I don't know what a uh, an intern, about? an intern, right? Yeah, exactly. For this guy, right? Yeah. So so go ahead. So go ahead. You're hauling around all so, these bodybuilding stars that are appearing on this show. Yeah, so Lou would for a long while, right? Yeah, Lou would send me down to LAX and pick these guys up. Now, mind you, at the time I'm 19, I'm driving a uh, Toyota Tercel stick shift, no air conditioning, and all of a sudden I got Paul Delette in my car, <laughs> all 292 pounds, mm-hmm. uh, 6'2", 23 inch arms. And the scene, what that must have looked like from the outside, I wish I had it on tape. Uh, he was the widest guy I've ever seen. Um, he was just incredible. He had he had stretch marks on his forearms. I've never seen that before. He was just massive. But we brought him in, and he actually signed um, a weeder contract. He was he came in from Florida. He signed yep. a weeder contract that weekend. And, uh, and he had uh, good he had he had good athletic genetics. He was a CFL football player. I don't think he was a starter, but I mean, you know, he was that that kind of guy. Yeah. <clears throat> also, he was notorious for the little pussy poundages that he used to get these incredible pumps. He'd like to sit on the end of a bench and handle a pair of thirty fives and you know pump his arms up. And Jim Wright's like, it's it's all in the way he's wired, Marty. It's the way he's wired. I'm like, okay, well. Yeah, it's funny because, yeah, a lot of guys will do that and they'll be massive. He's like like doing benches with 185. I've seen a lot of guys do that. Now, I never saw Paul work out and I never, uh, but I do remember going backstage. You you would have fallen asleep. (laughs) I took him back. We Let's see, they were having the USA or something out here. I can't remember what show it was, but... um, I remember wow. Barry DeMay and all these guys just tripping yep. out over him, going, dude, you're effing huge, you know, you're massive. Well, he was. So, in the back, I never studied his back, but you're always saying he uh, he had some deficiencies in you his know, back. So well, he, let me put this out there, maybe because 
you need some heavy weights. Maybe you need some compound movements to have a right. crazy back. Look at Gates. Look at Coleman. May I tell May I tell one Gillette story before sure. we spin off? So, uh, back in the day, uh, we there was a big athletes meeting at Weeder headquarters in Woodland Hills, and they also the writers, you know, had to show up. So, Gillette's in there, and he and he's bitching about the fact that he has not appeared on as many covers as lesser guys. And he said it was due to racism. And my friend, Julian Schmidt, the, the head writer for Flex, said, Paul, it's not because you're black. It's because you're fucking ugly. <laughs> <laughs> he said, the only thing you're missing is two bolts on the side of your neck. Oh, wow. <laughs> and the let one. Well, he had, he had that flat top. He melted. He melted because he knew well, it was true. He knew it was true. Yeah, that's why Mike O'Hearn was on there every, every week. Every oh, month. every week. <laughs> yes, Mike O'Hearn, the world's greatest looking individual. <laughs> so I don't know anything about that. Now, my my experience with uh, Paul, he was a good dude. But anyway, back to uh, back to back training. So do you know? Do you know? In the off season, he was weighing three twenty. I believe it. He was the he was the most massive guy I ever saw at the time, and that was, he was uh, gigantic. And I saw him at the Arnold one year, and he's hanging out with what was that Canadian giant guy with three eighty five? Greg Kovacs. Kovacs, yeah. So Greg Kovacs and Paul Delette. Delette's weighing three twenty. Kovacs is weighing whatever three eighty five. And and Julian Schmidt, Jim Wright, myself, and I don't I don't know who else. We're sitting at the table next to him, and. These guys are like ordering five lunches a piece, right? And they just keep bringing the food and bringing the food. And Julian goes, don't move. I want to see where this goes. I mean, the calories. And this was like, for these guys, one meal. Well, now, Kovacs was, yeah, Kovacs, I think, hit 400 at one time. He was another guy that I had to go down he looked good. and I pick gotta up. Tell you, I got to tell you, I, you know, he looked good, too. So did the left. He looked tight at 320. He, Nasser, uh, Nasser said that Kovacs' wife had to wipe his ass because he couldn't reach around. He, listen, I believe it. He was so Nasser, massive. Nasser was a dick. When, oh, excuse me. I did not like him hmm. as a human. Yeah. When Kovacs came into LAX, he was another guy I had to go down and pick up. Um, I'll never forget. He gets off the oh, plane. You, you, oh, you, you picked up Kovacs? I did. I hung out with, with him for a day. Was he at his uh, massive giantness peak? He gets off the plane. He's got a uh, he's got like an IZOD shirt on that's like uh-huh. five times too small. And, <laughs> you know, he was like, what, 6'3 or whatever. Yeah, and he was the, a tall dude. And the, the back on this guy, I remember walking behind him for a minute, and the back, I mean, his latch just hung down and went, like, straight out. What do you think he weighed? <sighs> I'm trying to remember at the time. Now, this was around 91, 92. Uh, he was in the threes easy. He was massive. Oh, threes. Oh, come on. Yeah, I mean, he You was know, he never had, if you look 15. at him in... In pictures and stuff, he never had the greatest shape to him. He, you know, on on the stage, but he was oh, he, uh, just he massive. Was, he he was like the Barbarian Brothers. He was a guy who was always getting ready to compete 
but he never really competed. And when he did, he embarrassed himself at the Night of Champions. Had a big lump on his shoulder. Oh, uh, yeah. It looked like he had some sort of cancer or some sort of alien was ready to jump out of his shoulder. And we're sitting there in the front row going, what in the hell? Because he was hitting himself up with that. Synthol. Yeah, whatever the the swell stuff. They had yep. stuff that if you you know That's, if you were deficient, you could like, and you'd have guys uh, whose name we shall not mention, who would they love to put it in their calves. Yeah. So they turn around and they'd spike a calf, and nothing would happen. Yeah, just a lump. Yeah, because and it's a twenty one inches, but right. it's swollen like a bee sting. Yeah. Right, and, and it was pretty obvious who was doing that. But yeah, he embarrassed himself. But I'll tell you what, uh, I would believe the weights that he was pushing just to how damn big he was. Yeah, you know, I mean, if he's he was like claiming like 500 pound incline press, well, so what if you weigh 400? Right. That's 100 pounds over body weight. You know, a lot of guys can do 100 pounds over he body had weight. Told, he had told me too at the time he lived on a farm. I think he lived on his girlfriend's farm or something, and they had a gym in the basement or something and that's where he worked out but uh he must have had a monster frame he was interesting yeah that's a monster frame well he died early right what did he feel over from right yeah anybody know did he just not sure probably heart attack or something yeah uh again running the cadillac body on the volkswagen engine right all right are we done with back training you are such a downer hey man i'm just trying to keep like this jim, on track jim, jim 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 what's yeah. the what's the best back you ever saw in person uh ronnie coleman i saw him guest pose oh i mean he's the biggest person I, uh, I've now okay now what, so was he weighing he, now here's another one now he was probably weighing 320 right he's over three in the off season man he uh. was Huge. I mean, and we're talking five eleven, right? Yeah, he, he, was, he was my height. Yeah. You know, I met him a couple times. He was my height, but I only knew him when he was little. Before he, yes, exactly. And he looked great. He looked yeah. great then. Oh. So anyway, yeah. you saw him at his peak. Yeah, he was like two or three times Mister Olympia when I saw him. Oh. Yes, yeah. Big dude, man. D- didn't you think that he looked better relaxed than posed? Um, from the front, yeah. I think from behind, though, man. His lat spread and his his back double bicep was just. Hey, Marty, I know what I know what you mean. Some guys and Coleman is one of them where he used to yeah, just Menser relax. Menser, Mike Menser was the epitome of that. Yeah, and they just well, have they just have superhero shape. Right. Nothing mm-hmm. changed. See, the problem is, is there's not a drastic change when they start to pose. Yeah. When Arnold. Uh, like, uh, like Jimmy. Yeah. Arnold. Arnold summed it up way back in the day. He said, hey, he said some some guys like Franco, they look so good when they're just standing there relaxed. But when they pose, nothing happened. He yeah. said, did anybody fall down? What happened? What was that? What was that? JP? Oh, no, that was no, that was sorry, that was my chair. But uh, Arnold was one of the Arnold was one of the physiques that when he posed, his yes, his, he, he just came alive. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And like a lot of times when yeah. he was just sitting there, he you know he, I mean he was always impressive. But there's shots you know on the internet you can see and all that where he's just 
okay, has he been? Do you, you know? Do you know? You know what the difference is? What is it? Type what? fascia. Is that what it is? F a s c i a fascia. The the sausage-like yeah. tubing that yeah. uh, creates the outer edge of muscle. His was loose and elastic, and he, yeah. when he hit a pose, it would just go and go and swell. Whereas Franco was like, he had fascia like canvas, and he'd hit it and it would be like, nothing happens. I tell you, our boy Kirk was a little like that too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of power lifters like that. They looked great when they were just standing around or even when they were kind of doing their lift. But if you'd like to ask them to hit a pose, nah, nothing really happened. Yeah. And you see, see a little bodybuilder like Porter Cottrell. Yeah. And that guy looked like, I don't know, a gymnast when he was, uh, but when he posed, he looked like one of those dinosaurs in Jurassic Park that swells up. Weep. You know who else? You know who else had a great back, and I mean, there's a phenomenal picture of him standing out in the middle of the street, doing a lat spread in jeans. Uh, it was just like an iconic picture back in. Uh, I'm trying to think what year it was. I don't know. You're that killing was, me. Who is it? Haney. Haney. It's Lee Haney. Oh, Lee. I don't know. I always thought. I don't know. For some reason he never hit me hard. Me neither. I preferred Franco's lat spread. I thought Franco was incredible lat spread. I thought he was the best lat spread I ever saw. Well, he had the phenomenal strength to go with it, too. Yeah, no shit. But, I mean, I think that's why. I mean, he was a legitimate 700 deadlifter weighing 185. So what what do all these guys have in common? What exercises do they do? They do the cool. lifts and bent over if, rows. If, if if you want a big ass back, you have to come to grips with pulls. Whether we're talking uh, power cleans, squat cleans, power snatches, uh, you know what else? Rows. Deadlift. What deadlifts are uh, rows are bent over. Right now, you're just doing the, the upright pulls. Upright pulls give you the power. Then you you segue from like the high pull and the deadlift, which is the ultimate short stroke power back power, hit everything at once movement. Yeah, then you go into your different row variations, starting with your uh, spinal column parallel to the floor and then to the Dorian 70 degree under grip Pull wherever you make that contraction, that's where you got to go. Lee Haney right. really liked the bent over row, and he said, "Well, the bent a over lot row, of guys, a lot of guys like the bent over row. Oh my you got to make you got to make that that lat connection. A yeah. lot of guys don't make it; they make a bicep connection. Yeah, you and know what? Right. I, ne- I I never like. I mean, I did bent over rows plenty of times, and and I liked them. But the thing about it was for me was I always felt like I was wearing out my lower back first. So I moved to more of an isolation movement, like a like a machine Ooh. row to where I could take the, um, the all the stress off my lower back and just really yeah, concentrate on the lats. Jimmy, yeah. you, know how, you know how we'd take that right out of him, right? How's that? Put Dang that this. head on put that head on the pad, right? Like you yeah. showed those boys down yeah. at Dam's Neck. Yeah. That's right? Great. You put your head on a stationary pad and you just pull to that your 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 you freeze your torso parallel to the floor. Yeah, or lying on just, incline bench or anything. Yeah. 
Lying on an incline bench, right? Exactly. Yeah, support rows. You nope. don't. You don't. You, you if you're levering your low back, it's a different deal. That's a spinal erector thing. Now we just posted this video of Karwaski in '94. He is one of the most muscled up dudes you'd ever see. I mean, he's five eight. Around he at when that video was taken, he's around two fifty. He's got twenty two. No. He's not 250. What is he's, he? That's the the same cycle as the thousand and two. Oh, so he was that was when that, he was 80. That that uh, if he did a thousand and two on Monday, this was his Thursday workout. Okay, well he was really lean at that time. Well, yes, sir. <laughs> so, all right. So did he do any? So what did he do for back? No. He had a massive back. Let me tell you my conversation with Kirk about his back. <laughs> yeah. So I say, man, your back looks crazy, dude. What? You got a Christmas tree and all that stuff. Right. And his lats hung. You know, they hung. Out. Right. They're and, like slabs of beef. And I said, what are you doing assistance-wise? He goes, ah, I used to do lap pulls, but I used the whole fucking machine. So, I, you know, the whole <laughs> stack, I tried to put weight on there. And it's just a pain in the ass. So I stopped doing them. So I would deadlift and then just do a couple sets of T-bar rows. But, man, I really squeezed at the top. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was it. That was it. That, yeah. that, that was his summary of uh, leg press, too. He goes, well, I yeah. tried them once. But he goes, oh, we had to bring in more plates from another gym or next door or something. <laughs> On top. He goes, the hell with that. Yeah. <laughs> So he was he was the minimalist in that direction. Okay, so so again, uh, I love the power clean if it's done right. But you know, it's it's more ninety percent of the time it's done wrong. I'd rather see you not do power cleans than do them incorrectly. Although I think the YouTube you you have an opportunity to learn them correctly. Yeah, but I like I like the explosive movement for a pull. Uh, Cassidy used to have us do what we he would call heaves, which is halfway between a, I don't know, a, a power clean and a deadlift. And you just explosive. You would pull it to your belly button, but you yeah. have some ass behind it. You know, like triples. <clears throat> and, of course, the deadlift. And, you know, uh, got a lot of variations in the deadlift. And that's a lot of work right there. But I know, Jim, that you, you had great success introducing your people to Romanian deadlifts and what are some of the other stuff that you had success with with deadlifts wise or, or back wise oh back wise I mean I yeah. think the one arm row pulled really low like towards your hip mm -hmm. um, is a great lap builder <laughs> does, does the do you where does the elbow end up how high do you have to pull the elbow when you're pulling heavy just uh, right to right to where my waist is you know to, uh, okay to, uh, the beginning or the back now it's it's uh, let's see that's parallel right yeah so my upper arm just has to get to parallel to the floor let me see okay okay yeah. upper arm parallel yeah. to the floor that's good yeah. yeah um yeah I think people pull too high and they end up working a lot of upper back and they don't you know traps and rear delt yeah hit their hit their uh, hit their lats like they should because the lats is down there man it's at the bottom there are you are you stretching at the bottom. Yeah, I mean, so a decent stretch, and then I pull my scapula together, my right okay. scapula. If I'm doing my right arm, pull my scapula in, then row towards the hip, then relax the scapula and stretch, then pull the scapula, then row. Yeah. Um, and then that way, man, real, I think that's a great lap builder. Um, 
I always had all my teams. Well, uh, how many? How many reps? Anywhere from six to twelve. Okay. Um. Any you know the football guys all did bent over rows. That was always a part of every leg day, deadlift day, clean day, barbell. But you know a lot of times they'll have low back issues. They did a lot of support rows too. But okay. I would say, okay if you support can support rows. Yeah. Yeah. But what was your grip with number one? What's that? What was your grip with? Oh, right outside your thighs. Clean grip. Same as your clean grip. Same as your press grip. Right outside your thighs. A little bit narrow. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot harder like that, isn't it? I got mm. tougher gates, anyway. Um, mm. I think you can switch your grip up and experiment what's best for you. I don't have too wide of any power. You know, the, uh, JP, you mentioned that low back with the bent over rows, but if you did it like Yates did it, you wouldn't feel your, your low back. See, I think what he did, he was a little a little too high almost, but he pulled so low. You know why? That lat in there. Because he found an angle he could make that lat connection. Yeah, that contraction, yep. Right. And, and oh. I'm telling you, the hardest thing in the world in bent over rows is to find that spot. I don't know if I've found it consistently. That's why I don't necessarily do a lot of rows. Because I don't feel as con- now. I'll tell you what. When I do deadlifts, the way we do deadlifts, you know, where you launch with the shoulders over the bar, man, my lats get fried. Yeah. And uh, you know what else my lats get fried on? Overhead pressing. Okay. More Three like a stability thing. Not not braced. Mm-hmm. You know, out of the rack because I'm leaning back, uh-huh. and a good presser, you ignite those lats to get that bar that bar moving upward mm-hmm. Interesting. So, anyway there's a video where Dor- uh, Dorian Yates is talking about training and he starts talking about back and he says and you can see him doing this in a lot of different videos he liked the um, the Nautilus pullover machine yep. mm-hmm. and he says this is like the only exercise where it's just all lats I mean it's not really involving the arms or anything else For I've, him. Been, I've been doing For those him. yeah I've been doing those. That is not a not for Marty. Killer workout. Yeah, not for Marty, but um, that I bet is a you, good Jim, exercise. Did you, did you ever? Did you make a connection with any of the Nautilus? Uh, no, I never really use. I like the leg extension. Um, yeah. Okay. So the you know the tension was wacky, but actually the best leg extension was Arthur Jones's son made one for Hammer that was crazy, but. Um, I like I like some of those hammer things. They're very yeah. ball bearing, smooth and efficient. Yeah. Which of course, yeah. it's like light beer. Yeah, they got a lot of good machines <laughs> yeah. now. They got they got a lot of good machines. You know. Oh, I love I love machines. Yeah, I like Cadillacs. Yeah, no, no. I was just using hammer yesterday. I was using the seated row. Mm. Love that oh. thing. Yes, you're oh. in a, a frozen <laughs> path of motion, but. Did you fall asleep? Uh, Did you have a drink with an umbrella? No, I'll tell you what, man. You can get a killer workout on that thing. Mm, I bet your muscles loved it. <laughs> they did. They, my laps are killing me today. What about... Um, you what need about, a massage. What about volume? Now, Jim, um, what uh, you trained a lot of football players mm. at the University of Pennsylvania. So what kind of volume were you having these guys do for, say, back training? Uh, they probably get in ten sets total. That's in, including their deadlift. They do deadlift, chins, rows, and I, I would give them a choice of a couple other exercises. It would just be, it would say lats on there, and I have a list on the wall of the assistant stuff they could pick from. Mm-hmm. How many times? How many times a week? 
twice. Okay, twice a week, okay? Yeah. So they'll go, you know, I was always like legs same, back. Same workout or different workout? Different workouts. I, you know, I would always adjust the percentages. You'd have a heavy day and a lighter day. So two different back workouts a week. What would be a, a good example of the second back workout that week? Uh, they'd have a choice of, of, of rowing, a pull. So I would say I would always choose the uh, Go ahead. I'm sorry. It could be a one-arm row or a bent over row or a reverse grip bent over row. Okay. Um, and then they usually had their choice of the other lat exercises. And, you know, I, I would say to them. Would you, a, uh, did you, would uh, do you guys do my cable lat pull downs and seated yeah, rows? Do I mean, does that count? Yeah, they can do those. Yep. Okay. All the, and I had a DY row. I bought that for myself. The Dorian Yates row, I had that. And, uh, mm -hmm. Cable rows and lat pulls and all that, you know, reverse grip lat pulls and unilateral lap pulls, all that stuff, you know. Okay. Uh, yeah. So the vo so it sounds like the volume was maybe the same the, the two days, but the exercises were different? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you always have a basic pull, mm -hmm. um, which would be a clean deadlift or, you know, and then some type of row, and then they got their choices after that usually. The dessert after the entree. Yeah, exactly. Kids really like that too. Oh, it's, it's up to me. Okay. Uh, how long would a uh, session last? Never more than an hour. If you're, if it's more, I mean, not including them fooling around and stretching. No, I'm just talking the back part. Oh, 35 minutes. Okay. 30 minutes because you got to, you know, you're doing your legs first, then you got all their back stuff, and then it's bicep day. Yeah. But, but those back exercises that you described on day one and day two, no more than 30 to 35 minutes of this oh, yeah. session. Oh, yeah. Cool. Now, was this an in-season type schedule or um, off-season? In-season, in we would go down to three days, uh, two to three days a week. Uh, so they'd probably only get like one one really heavy back workout, and that would be on a Sunday the day after a game. Yeah. What, what would be your choice then? Usually cleans. If you couldn't okay, clean, cool. You deadlift. Clean. Now, are, are, you, um, are you emphasizing the uh, – Wagner and Leo approach where you're doing one to two <clears throat> reps in the power clean and adhering to the Olympic lift uh, protocol, no negative. Right. We you drop, know, yeah, power ex clean. Explosive style. Yep. Boom, boom. Yep. Lots of singles and doubles. Mm -hmm. Very rarely three or more. Very rarely. I'd rather do 10 sets of two, you know. Ten, yeah, uh, right. Right. It's a, it's a whole different thing. It's a technique so fast. That's why I like a lot of aspects of CrossFit, but the high rep cleans and snatches. Give me a break, man. You, you lose technique so fast. That's how you get hurt. Well, and as I thought, as Wagner so eloquently pointed out, is that after a couple of reps, your central nervous system <clears throat> burns out. And then at that point, you're going on nerve and muscle. And that's when bad shit happens. Yeah. Yep. I'd rather have them set up 10 times. Uh, yeah. What's wrong with that? Right. Right. It, because because you're, you're also going to, going to contrast that with the heavy grind deadlifts. Mm -hmm. Right. So, boom, you got all the bases covered. Right. What, what were you guys mixing in with back training? Me? What, what, no, Jim, with, with, mm -hmm. his, uh, with his football players. As an example, so you, you guys would hit back on one day, and then would you throw in anything else like you talking you know, about in tri season? triceps or anything? Oh yeah. <laughs> so so off season, 
it's a classic four-day split. It would be chest, shoulder, triceps on Monday, Thursday. Mm-hmm. It would be legs, back, and biceps on Tuesday, Friday. That's off-season. Now I put all the lifts in according. You know, I know my basic lifts. I know the assistant stuff. That's how it's all split up. I mean, I'm not doing, you know, 15 sets of triceps with them because they're getting so much with their pressing anyway. So right. if they're doing a bench and a shoulder press and an incline press, their shoulders are pretty much covered, especially at the angle where you did the incline press. So I was like, so I would say... Today we're not going to do an overhead press. We're going to do a high incline. Okay, so that's you hit. You know, you hit your shoulders really hard there. Um, and lap, lots and lots of lateral raises, man. We do tons of front, side, rear, just because of injury prevention. May I make an observation? Sure. It is almost like power bodybuilding. It is power building. Yep, that's right. Power bodybuilding. It reminds me. You know. You know who train crazy <clears throat> training the same muscle three times a week is that or Kaz. Kaz Meyer? Kaz. Mm. you get some of tony fitton's early books uh you know the Kaz quest stuff where it shows what exactly Kaz was doing when he was coming up and he i mean i could only classify it as power bodybuilding yeah i think i think what ed Cohn did too ed would only train a muscle once a week, but he was doing chins, he was doing tricep push downs, he was doing press behind the necks. Yeah. He was, I mean, he just a lot of different movements. I went to many of his sessions at quads with him, and yeah, he would start off with those, you know, monster squats, but he'd work through, you know, leg extensions and leg presses with one leg, and I mean, on and on. And, uh, you know, I can appreciate it. Uh, I think it. I think it helps make a, an athlete bulletproof. Yeah. And do you think that the reason why Cash and Estep and all those old guys look so good is because they did a lot of bodybuilding movements also after their main lifts? I uh, be- think it's because they were strong as shit in the individual lifts. If a guy can press behind the neck 350 for reps, well, guess what? <laughs> He's going to have some damn incredible shoulders, right? Or if, you know, the, you can strict curl 225, which Kirk could do. It's like, wow, you know, oh, okay, that's why. Oh, Kirk, in, a, in an aside, I'm putting up the little uh, side quotations here. Uh, so Kirk came in uh, last Sunday and we were talking. And he said, so the video had come up, and, you know, we'd seen these shots. And I said, well, what were, you know, what were your measurements? And he said, well, he said, I was never too, too much on measurements. He said, but I, he said, I know that, that that week, he said, because I uh, got measured by, you know, whoever, uh, my arms were 22 and an eighth, and my thighs were 32 and an eighth. Like, okay. I said, what were your calves? He said, oh, I never measured my calves. <laughs> Big. So, 20 inches, baby, for sure. Uh, and that back was built on one all-out set a week, right? So the, uh, Kirk and myself and Chalet, uh, we staked out the minimalism one-time-a-week approach, but you also have great exponents on the higher-volume approach, and I think that that's what Jim's approaching i mean what would and you know you know who else gillingham trains like that 
He does. He does a lot of stuff. Brad trains his ass off. I mean, he's doing like Romanian deadlifts and, you know, uh, rack pulls. Do you uh, yourself... Now, by the way, I might mention this. Jim is an incredible deadlifter. His sumo technique is sublime. I love the way you get wedged underneath that damn bar. And even facing back surgery, this guy can pull 700. Mm. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, that's no brag. That's just fact. Right. Right, because uh, he was like, well, you know, uh, I'm like, why are you doing this? You're going in for major back surgery. And he goes, well, you know, if it doesn't go right, I might never get the chance again. That's true. All right. That's true. Jim, what was your PR on uh, deadlift? <laughs> <laughs> a meet? A meet 740. 740 in a meet. 740? Yeah. 740? Attention on a gym and then 740 in a meet. Um, and then missed 775 on my third. 740, and then at what body weight? 268. 268. Marty, what's your uh, PR in a meet? Uh, 744 at uh, 242. Uh, let me see it. 220, uh, 688 at 198, 644. Yeah. Some pulling. Old, too, all over 40. That is some pulling. That, um, that uh, video that we just posted of Kirk is at his all-time peak or close to it. He's doing uh, and, and you and you like the way he put down that second rep and walked away. He's like slam that bitch down. He goes yeah yeah. Go, well that was you. So that was eight ten for a double. And on the second one, he just... And I am going to get on his ass because what's up with 810, Jim? Is he loading two and a half, son? Probably from those big collars. I don't know how he can get there. Otherwise, that's disgraceful. Yeah, maybe two and a half collars. I don't know. Uh-huh. Well, you know, we'll have to point that out to him. But I love the way I love the way he put that second rep down. That is the most... I mean... We're going to do a, a podcast and an article coming up pretty soon well, on let's get, most can muscular. We get, can, can we get him on with us? Yeah, I'm going to get like him on. Way? Oh, let's put, can we get Jim and I on with him? No, Same when you, you, listen, you're going to be writing an article on this, most muscular power lifters of all time, and we're going to have him on and talk yeah. about this. This this video that we just posted is just unbelievable. Name another power lifter or weightlifter non-bodybuilder but you know weightlifter powerlifter that's more muscular than kirk kowalski in this video you can't ah, that's right. right yeah he's pretty that's muscular right. pretty and much. again i don't keep you know uh beating on a dead horse but that was beat on one all out set in three lifts well actually four lifts if you count the heavy incline once a week yeah unbelievable but he looked like a bodybuilder on such yeah, minimalism. Yeah, but that guy was living on, uh, you know, f- uh, for him, dieting was cutting down to four uh, uh, 7-Eleven big bites, but he would uh, hold back on the nacho cheese. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, when he got to 242, what's it, uh, Durazo, what's it? What's oh, it yeah, yeah, Tony Durazo. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that was a hardcore guy. And all he did was he took him off... Uh, junk food and 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 put them on uh 
you know, rice and chicken and, you know, some sort of vegetable, like crockpot stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> Kirk liked that. And, and Kirk, had, Kirk had the situation. Kirk was working a union job. He was working nine to five. Uh, and then he would work a little, I forget how it went. I think he'd work a little overtime on one day and he'd get off on Monday altogether. So he's working four and a half days a week and it was so regimented and he was able to regiment his, his entire life around it. Mm. And he did that for 10 years. Boom. In the pocket. <clears throat> 10 years. That's right. And that's now when, what it took. And that's what it took. When it took he us shot, a while before we got traction, boys. Oof. Yeah. Now, when he shot that beach video, if you go to YouTube <laughs> and type in Kirk Kowalski beach video, um, he decided to take a week off at that point, just hang with his bros down at the beach. And um, he said, you know, he drank a lot of beer and ate whatever the hell he wanted. He said, I was getting leaner by the day. And he called his guy and he goes, I don't know what you're talking about with all this diet stuff. I'm just drinking beer and eating at 7-Eleven and I'm getting leaner every day. And uh, But if you want to see the best images of his back... Look at that video. He's on the beach. He's in the kitchen, posing down with his back, and very impressive. Now, uh, and, and I'm telling you, those videos don't portray what we saw, you know, every day of the week when he would just come strolling in, you know. And yeah. again, I was no babe in the woods, man. I'd come up with Mark fucking Chile, you know. I mean, that guy was a monster. And he hung out with monsters, and I, I knew what monsters looked like. And when Kirk, when he started with me, he was not a monster. He was kind of a bottom-heavy, one-lift one pony, right? He was a good squatter, but that was it. His bench press was okay, like 405 or something. His deadlift was, I don't know, 605, right? A good squat, legitimate 800 squatter. But, you know, past that. But you know what? He hit his weak points hard. Yeah. And that's what made a difference with him. I would make a difference with anybody. He wanted to win. He wanted to be great. That was it. Uh, he also got tired of the comments. Hey, baby Huey. Hey, who'd want to be built like you? Hey, what happened? Did your torso get shot off in the war? Or... <laughs> Did you have a torso? Well, he fixed that problem. Hey, you look like a satire, a satyr out of uh, Roman mythology. Yeah. Half man, half beast. Yeah. Get tired of that. So he changed it. He fixed it. Good, man. Well, you know, he ended up, you know how he fixed it? He got a 600 raw bench. That'll fix your upper body problems. Yeah. yeah. You know how you fix your weak back problems? Get an 840 deadlift. <laughs> right? Grow or die. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's it. But that's how he cured it. He got yep. a 600 bench and he got an 800 deadlift. And guess what? He no longer had an underdeveloped upper body. Yeah. And he had that arm day on Tuesdays where he did the close grips and the 80 pound easy curl. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was all so easy. He'd be like chewing gum while he was doing it. Yeah. Now, Marty, speaking of uh, Kirk doing deadlifts, he had sort of a unique. Um, 
obstacle, I guess, to, to overcome or try to overcome. He had smaller than usual hands, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you had to work with that. So how did you guys work with that? <clears throat> well, uh, you know, it, uh, you know, we he tried grip work, um, but, you know, it, it didn't. And on the cost value ratio, the amount of time that he put into grip work really didn't pay off that much. So my strategy was, and the strategy that eventually paid off is, well, instead of trying to improve the grip, why don't we just pull faster? Yeah. And instead of taking two seconds to pull a deadlift, let's pull it in one. Right. Yeah, and gotta... that worked for Kirk because he has, goddamn, he, he, his hip hinge could open so fast. And to this day, if you look at him from the side, when that guy gets in the start position of the deadlift and when it's go, when it's launch time, he opens that hip hinge like, oh my God, it's just, it's just like bang, right? We timed it, and like everybody else in the gym, and we had some good athletes. Everyone else was clocking out. They had the uh, the speed meter gym that you, you hook on the side of the barbell. And the uh, kendo unit. Yeah, yeah, whatever it is that measures the velocity. So we hooked on one on the side of the barbell, and everyone else was topping out like at uh, 4.7 and 5.2. Kirk was 9.8. <laughs> he was burning it up. And he was, uh, let's say, he was in comeback mode. He was not in peak mode. Really fast, man. Oh, just but his explosiveness is just like wow, off the charts. What was the uh, grip exercise he used to do? They called him grip pull. I mean, uh, Kirk pulls or something. Kirk shrug. Yeah, yeah, he got it from Eddie Cohn. I gave it to Kirk from Ed. Double overhand shrug in the power rack. And, you know, you just load up. Uh, I think Eddie would probably load up, I don't know, 555, where Kirk would probably load up the 405 or 455. And so when you stand up at the bar, you're about three inches above the pins, and you just start going. And you go, and you go, and you go, and you go, and you pull it as high as you can. Try to touch your ears and every rep. Keep going, keep going. Oh, it's opening your fingers. Oh, so what? Keep going, keep going. Oh, it's on the tips of your fingers. Keep going. And, you know, finally it falls out and it clatters down on the pins. It could be 23 reps, 25 reps, 27 reps on a good day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that was it. It was the finger strengthening exercise. Kirk loved it. I got some great photos of him doing it. Yep. Because he'd get a hell of a pump out of it. Did so, you know? I does took, that does that help you hang on to an eight fifty deadlift? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I may give him the confidence to do it. And it made his traps big as shit. The um, so I did that with all my teams. I called those Kirk shrugs. He was yep. thrilled. I had a <laughs> picture of it. <laughs> yeah. Marty, do you th- do you think uh, you had said something one time about maybe I should have switched Kirk over to sumo? Oh yeah. I think I should have. His legs were so big, it spread his grip. And if you look at it, if when he pulls conventional, he always, his grip is wide, and it's just like, you know what, I should have just had him open his stance another 10 inches and just his put your hands inside, and let's harness the strongest legs in the world in the deadlift. But I should have done that when he was 21, right and insisted on it back when he was pliable 
past a certain point, it was like, you know, I'm I'm just like Angelo Dundee managing Ali. You know, I he tells me, I don't tell him. Yeah. There was up there was a point up until when I told him. Yeah. And I should have switched him out, but I don't. But you, none of us did the sumo. Right. We weren't comfortable with it. <clears throat> now, now Cone was. Uh... He was conventional, right? No, he was sumo. He was oh, he was sumo. Oh, yeah. But he was in Chicago. He wouldn't. He wasn't in our neighborhood. <laughs> but he got injured competing one time and had to switch to a conventional, right? No, he got injured outside of competition, oh, chasing yeah. down some hoodlums in his neighborhood. <laughs> and he pulled up, pulled up, pulled a ham, pulled a hamstring. And it never recovered, and it just never came back, and he just had to switch conventional. And he was a great conventional puller. I think he pulled 900 conventional, mm -hmm. but his sumo was sublime. At 220, if he could have stayed in sumo mode, he would have pulled 950, no so, doubt. Because he pulled 901 at 218, and he was young. I, I, he was young. I, Marty was his coach that day. Yeah. Yeah, and that was the second attempt. We actually tried nine twenty on the third. How did he get it? Where did he get to his knees? Uh, well, we was kind of anticlimactic. The place went so crazy when he pulled the nine hundred. Yeah. That you kind of shoot your wad because yeah. you know they stopped the competition. People are going crazy. Flashballs are going off. You know, shaking hands. You know, blah blah blah. It's just and it's hard to come back from that and recoup and come out again. He had actually pulled it in training. He had pulled 900 for a double in training. Wow. Right. Mm. At that meet, he asked me to pick his attempts. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Oh, yeah. no pressure there, no pressure there. It's powerless. Never walked the face of the earth. No pressure. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a day. All right. So, well, what else that, do you want to know? I don't know. I mean, uh, that's a lot of good back information. I, I mean, think I, so, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're all good. <clears throat> all right. Good? So wind it there. Uh, check out Marty's weekly column and podcast, Raw with yep. Marty Gallagher at ironcompany.com. And Marty's also available for online training and seminars. And Jim, I believe you are too, right? Sure. We're a okay. Marty not? and I can, can be uh, a tag team. Or <laughs> yeah. Whatever you need. God have mercy on that person. If if you want to get a hold of any of these guys for any of that, now Marty's uh, contact information is on the our athletes page at Iron Company. You can email them there, or just email the general mailbox at Iron Company. You, you can get a hold of Jim, or go to his website at Bass Barbell B A S Barbell dot com. Uh, you got Jim. How how often do you put uh, new articles up? About a couple times a month. Uh, yeah, usually a couple times a month, and then I okay. once a month for you, and then. Uh, so yeah, you've got some good stuff going there. You you uh, write an article a month for us that we've been posting. You can also find that on our site. He has some excellent dog photos. Great He's, dog photos. You got a new puppy, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, if he's anybody's a, he's, a, he's a new father. Yes. Nine-week-old puppy. <laughs> and then if anybody needs uh, anything gym equipment related, strength yes. equipment, uh, you know, cardio, anything, rubber flooring, turf, the turf uh, please check us out at Iron Company. We can definitely help you out there. So 
that's going to wrap it up, and we'll see you guys next week. Thank All you. Right. All right, bye.